The Survivor alum proved their might. Potential stars were lost in the early rounds. Tyson and Angela, they were dominant right up until the very last second when they weren't. Kiki's husband, a.k.a. Danny, we can end the bit. Call the man by his name now, please, and thank you. He is a challenge champion. He ends the former football player curse. Leo shows out for all the crazy cat men out there, myself included. Sarah's arc is an up-and-down adventure, and they ran TJ's final. And maybe TJ wants to stop attaching his name and reputation to these finals specifically, maybe, possibly. It's the Challenge USA full season recap and awards coming up right now. What up, my fellow challenge lovers? Welcome to the Challenge Historian, where we dive deep into all things the challenge, past, present, or future, if it's happening in the challenge universe, then we are here to document it. I am your host and dedicated challenge historian, Jacob Hollibaugh. Thank you so very, very much for being here with me on the podcast today. We are talking all things Challenge USA. One final look back at the season that was the first ever CBS challenges in the books. We've covered it episode by episode by episode all season long, and now we are here for our final takes, our flushed out thoughts and feelings on that final, and to hand out some awards. Name our season MVP. It's a lot to get to, so we will do so quickly. But first, super fast programming reminders. First and foremost, Dan Setzler interview last Friday. Couldn't have had more fun with Dan. Go check that out. The Island Rewatch and Recap with Paige posted on Monday. Hopefully I didn't make too much of an ass of myself talking about all the people who made an ass of themselves on that season. Challenge USA obviously is today. That's what you're listening to now. And then tonight, I will be watching the challenge documentary and the survivor premiere challenge doc i will do a solo recap of that that'll post friday morning on this feed survivor i will be recapping on the most likely to feed with the wonderful page that should post saturday mornings next week we've got dual two rewatch season 38 ride or dies full season preview more challenge doc more survivor and maybe even our first hall of fame entrant so hit that follow hit that subscribe button you don't want to miss any of it. There is a lot coming. As for today's podcast, to the order of the day, Challenge USA, how it's going to work. Pretty much the same as any rewatch podcast, just without a few of the categories that, you know, don't really make sense for this first of its kind season. We will go one by one through, you know, four or five of the biggest storylines or takeaways from this season, hitting on only the most important topics to discuss. Then hand out some awards, best daily, best elimination, best athletic performance, quote, moment, and of course, our full season MVP. No rookie of the year because, you know, they're all rookies. It's basically the MVP is also the rookie of the year. I guess we'll preemptively just give that MVP also the rookie honors. Finish it up then with a final grade for the season, which I reserve my right to adjust this grade or any awards or anything else as time goes on to fit it in the challenge pantheon as we learn more about it. We rewatch it. These cast members go on to have challenge careers, possibly so on and so forth. So that's the plan. Thanks so much for being here. I love you the way production loved asking Danny about Kiki this season. Let's get to it. 
first up on the agenda, we've got to just ask the simple, big, the biggest, the biggest question, the biggest topic we can really cover when looking back at this season, the Challenge USA, the first of its kind, the first on CBS, the first of possibly many on CBS or within this format, this new franchise within the franchise. Did it work? Did it work? Looking back at it now, we went into it with some apprehension. We've watched the whole season now. We've had a week since the season ended. Did this season work? And how I will answer that is this. Yes, if we're just talking about is it going to lead to more and do I want more? Those are really the two questions to ask yourself when trying to answer did it work, yes or no. If we want to make this a binary, yes, it worked, no, it didn't, then you ask yourselves the supplementary questions. Are we wanting more? Is it going to lead to more? If the answer is yes and yes to those, then the only answer to did it work has to be yes, which it is because yes, I want more and yes, I fully expected to lead to many more Challenge USAs or whatever they eventually probably rebranded it challenge cbs whatever they want to call it maybe they will just have you know the cbs is the challenge colon rider dies rivals whatever it is the same way and then just differentiate by saying mtv's the challenge rider dies whatever it is yes and yes want more will be more so in that sense yes it did work but If we go down a little further, if we go a little less high level, if we allow this to not be a binary yes or no defiant one way or the other, then the answer is kind of it's somewhere in the middle. That's the real honest assessment. And the the biggest thing to touch on with this is that the cast, the cast in the game There has to be the right mix. There has to be the right mix of the game you are putting forward. Every challenge season is different. Every game of the challenge is different. They are clearly setting up wanting more of something and less of others. And the mix of what game they're putting forward, what show they're trying to make that specific season with the cast that they have to make that specific show needs to be a proper mix, needs to be spot on. And this one wasn't. It, it, you know, this show wanted very much to be a sport heavy political, backstabbing-heavy show. This show wasn't interested. The season specifically wasn't interested in the drama, in the romance, in messiness, in anything like that. It wanted, first and foremost, this to be about the sports, about you know a little mix and a little human interest the way a lot, pretty much all the other CBS reality competition shows do, and to be politics, backstabbing-heavy. They wanted this to be Survivor and Big Brother, but in the challenge skin and they didn't get the right group of athletes or necessarily even politically savvy players to get that done uh the second one more much more so than the first one there was politically savvy players it just didn't pan out that they had to be all that politically and socially savvy within the house but if you want the sport thing then you've got to lean into a cast that is going to give you that sport thing if you want the drama the romance the messy the surprising then get a full group of those people felt like this show had half of each of those within the cast it just kind of stopped the sport side from really being awesome even if it was that focus and it basically eliminated the show side of things when the candidates to carry that part of it went home super early so they didn't have the right mix it felt like when they casted it they didn't know which type of show they wanted to make they didn't set themselves up to make either side to make the sport half or the show half fully thrive fully reach its potential instead the mixture of the type of cast kind of left it a little bit hanging in the wind also the other thing then we've got it if we've already mentioned casting from it a feeling now that we had going in 
is certainly been more or less justified now. There should have been some MTV folks. There should have been a couple challenge veterans, just two, just four, something small. And it doesn't even have to be the biggest names. Yes, it would be one thing if it was like, hey, it's it's bananas and Kara and Laurel and CT. Boom. Look at look who we got. We're putting dropping them in with all these other people. Let's see what happens. That would obviously have been amazing and very interesting to see how that would have folded. But it also would have been pretty crazy just to see. Like, even if they were like, hey, we're going to have some people who have done the challenge before, but they have to have been Big Brother or Survivor people that have went to the MTV version. And I know some would maybe disagree with this, but even if it was a a Casey and Fessy and a Jay and Michelle, uh, all that are about to be on season 38, if they all would have been on this season, it would have been like, hey, we brought the Big Brother and Survivor people in here. They've done it once or twice before. They brought at least one former champion in then with Casey coming off a win. I think that would have made things a lot more intriguing. I think it would have really changed the dynamics in such a massive way from the very start. We would have gotten a wholly different show, and I think the odds are that we would have gotten a wholly better show. Final thought on did it work as just in practice as the first of its kind. We're going to talk more about the good and the bad of the season. And again, if we're going on the binary, yes, it works because yes, I liked it and I want more and there will be more. But speaking of there will be more, we've got the global tournament coming up. And I think the global tournament is has a chance to work really, really, really well, depending how they cast it, which I live that life of the you know trying to walk the line of getting the casting and uh, filming you know when they film spoilers while avoiding all spoilers for the actual show, which usually means I'm pretty late to the game on the casting spoilers and things like that. But it does sound like out there that you know it's not just Danny and Sarah that are going on to this next one that they're inviting. Uh, people that both did well and just had an impact show-wise from this season, the other seasons, and it sounds like a lot of MTV folk from season 38 or others are being invited as well. So that tells me that the global tournament, as it will be, has the chance to be really, really awesome and kind of be what I just said I almost wanted from this season to have some of those MTV folks in there, but my other part of me thinks is it going to end up being spies, lies, and allies like where half the cast are these rookies from all over the world from all these other shows that we don't know, that we don't really get a chance to totally dive into if we get to watch their seasons on Paramount Plus beforehand, subtitles or not? That would really, really help avoid that problem, but I think it could be really, really good or there's a chance. I'm a little higher on spies, lies, and allies than most, meaning I think it is you know average season with some fun moments most think it is total trash i totally understand those arguments certainly uh so i think our you know what the spectrum of where we could land with this global tournament is somewhere between spies lies and allies at the low and and something really really awesome and special and new on the high end let's talk about the final let's talk about the challenge production compared to other shows. Let's talk about this show, this franchise's biggest opportunity, not just this specific version of the show this season, but all future challenge seasons. It's biggest weakness, biggest opportunity, and arguably the biggest storyline, one of, if not the, coming out of this season, the Challenge USA. And that is, unfortunately, yet again for you know the second of the last, three to four seasons that we've seen um, across different franchises, All-Stars 2 being the other one. The production was a little bit of a mess, and added with that, 
all of these brand new people coming into the game from all these other shows where things are work a little bit different, where CBS has done things a little different than MTV in the past, and then it seemed like maybe this production seemed to do on this season. They were feeling a bit of a way about certain things within the house, within the game, within the show, all that. So we've got to discuss it. We've had a week since we got out our takes on that final. We, you know, we watched the final. We were as exuberant for Danny's win as anyone. We were as befuddled by some of the decisions made as anyone. We went live right afterward. We got all of our thoughts and feelings out there before getting a chance to even listen to all the other cast members go on the interview circuit, the the podcast circuit, the just social media posts, all of that. We've heard a lot of opinions since then. So let's first start with the final a week later. And we won't go super duper in depth, but just just to clean some things up or to finalize some feelings and some statements that we previously made. Let's begin. It's more of a mess now than it even was in the immediate moment. In the immediate moment, it was a big, big mess. And now that we've heard more and more from behind the scenes, it was even more of a big, big mess. A lot of people talked about a lot of different details. And the end summary is... It's a bummer. It's a bummer that this is how this goes and that this is now, you know, as we talked about last week, the third out of the last however many seasons when you go All-Stars 2 and Total Madness where it's just been a completely botched production during the final challenge specifically, if not in ways throughout the season. I will say here, as I said last week, one thing I have grown more firm on over the course of the last week and in hearing all of the things, all of the behind the scenes moment. Danny won deservingly. Danny earned his title. Danny is a challenge champion. No asterisk needed, no nothing needed. Danny is the undisputed champion of this show and he earned it. He won it outright, all of that. That's where I'm not, I'm not moving from that. Nothing I can really hear at this point is going to move me off of that stance, off of that belief. I stand by that. Sarah, however, maybe not. Um, one, Desi shouldn't have been eliminated. Stand by that. That, that. that hasn't changed. I've only grown more upset about that, and I've only grown more, you know, sending my heartfelt best wishes out to her that you know she gets another chance at a show like this and they just tell her you're just in the final you get to be the final we're going to redo that from before you get to run a final now because you probably would have killed it um and maybe even won so she shouldn't have been eliminated angela probably shouldn't have been eliminated um and sarah as the last one who hadn't quit maybe got you know some help with the time outs versus not timing out Getting up to the end uh, seemed a little fishy of the the whole idea that she didn't realize that she had won when she had got to the top. There's there's a lot going on there, and so Sarah uh, deserving cap- capable of winning this in a in a scenario where everything is laid out and clear, and there's no chicanery going on behind the scenes. But uh, that doesn't it doesn't 100 seem without having been there like maybe exactly how it went down. And again, just flat out, Desi and Angela are both there. Maybe the outcome's different. That on its own kind of adds a bit of an asterisk to me for Sarah's win. Regardless, I'm still, I still think Sarah, she's a challenge champion. I'm not trying to say she isn't. And I think she's going to do really, really well in the global tournament. And I think that, you know, she did really, really well in this final and did really well all season long. So she's a champion. I just maybe don't stand by hers with, you know, the way Danny's, I say, Danny, no asterisk needed. That is a full-fledged challenge champion, earned, deserved, 
amazing. Love, Danny. I think they should all have timeouts or none of them should have timeouts. That's where I fall on the puzzle. It's just as simple as that. If you're going to allow people to time out on the puzzle, then all of them allow them to time out. If you're not going to, none of them. Or I guess I would even at least settle for the sign at every puzzle says 15-minute time limit or there is no timeout. You get this done or you don't go on. It comes Almost everything here comes back to just transparent rules. Where are the rules? Why aren't they transparent? I also think you should have an idea what Sudoku is and be able to intuitively figure out how it works, whether you're given exact directions or not. If you see a Sudoku puzzle, I get it. If you've never seen a Sudoku before, it's going to be really hard to finish that thing. But the idea that all these other puzzles are totally inbounds to try to figure out and use your intuitiveness, your intelligence, your smarts, and that you could walk up to a Sudoku board and not be able to put together, okay, I, I don't know what the hell I'm looking at. It just says solve the pattern. But there's nine boxes of nine squares each. Each of those nine squares, there's nine numbers, one through nine that you have. It's kind of intuitive to get the, like, I feels like I could probably come to the resolution that each one of these nine box squares has to have the numbers one through nine. And then it's also a nine by nine giant square that one through nine in each row, in each column. I know that seems, you know, I've done a Sudoku before, so it comes naturally, and maybe this is one of those where, like, you would not be intuitive enough to figure that out, Jacob, if you've never seen one before, but I have to think that uh, it, I would have been and, uh, and that most should be, and that's a totally fair puzzle to not have any sort of description other than just fill in the pattern correctly. I'm okay with that. The timing out portion is the part I'm not okay with. Rules should be clear. They should be actually written out. We just said it. We'll say it again. The fact that Tyson and Angela, among others, had to convince producers that they were, in fact, correct in their math when they were being told they were wrong and then prove they were correct and in almost got sent back to redo something they should have never had to go back and redo, that is appalling. People should be fired for that. Members of the production should be fired for that. You failed at your job in the biggest moment of your job. There should be people held accountable for that. The eating being the focus of production, the eating being, you know, the main thing. I get where Tyson is coming from. A lot of this, uh, my reactions are coming from a lot of his reactions and commentary and insight. I really appreciated how thoughtful he was with his insight all season long on his podcast and other podcasts and interviews and different things that he has done. I thought he was very measured in his responses and in his criticism, but I don't think he was, you know, just out there to like, let's burn this to the ground to make a name for myself the way. Um, someone specifically maybe uh, that I really, really liked on this season was a little bit out too after they were not on this season anymore. But he made clear, you know, it felt a little bit degrading, dehumanizing that they get to the eating challenge and this production has been a shit show and suddenly there's like 40 people there. They're all dialed in. They're all getting the cameras, but then they're also wishy-washy on like, you're allowed to throw up this way, not this way, do this, do that, sticking the camera into your face when you're just disgusted with what you're eating, when you're throwing up, when you're just having the worst time of your life. I totally, totally get how he would feel that way. And I think that I, I kind of commiserate with that a little bit. I think you absolutely have to keep an eating portion to the final. That is a staple. That is a true quote unquote challenge of the challenge. But I would be okay if it wasn't made out to be by, it seems like production makes it out to be like the most important part, the part they care about the most, the double the amount of cameras of anywhere else, all of this. 
yeah, it, it's very important. They cannot remove that from the game, but having it be the most important thing among anything else, I totally get where Tyson's coming from being like, hey, this felt a little, you know, a little inhuman that the only part they seem to care about was this part where we're throwing up our guts on screen. And yet they then also have confusing rules here too about when you can and when you can't throw up. It's all crazy. That's a bunch of just rambles about the final itself. Let's talk Challenge versus Survivor and other shows' productions because they've obviously become very compared, not just by Tyson, but by many others, many Challenge alums weighing in on the gripes and the issues that some of these cast members on this season had about the production, about the conditions, about the house, all of that. I'll start with this. I fully agree with Mr. Weston Bergman. Wes said paraphrasing essentially though make it worse conditions make it harder competitions make it longer finals make it as challenging possible in every single way that's what he is signing up for and i couldn't agree with him more on that basic stance i just want it to be communicated truthfully and transparently up front and there to be clear rules for each game in final. Think through the scenarios that could happen, what you do if X happens and not have to do so much in the moment. Yeah, yeah that's allowed. That's not. Uh, we don't have an answer for that. So maybe do it and maybe we'll tell you that's that's totally okay after the fact. Or maybe after the fact we'll be like, actually, you just got disqualified or you don't count. Less in the moment figuring out of things and more preparation and proper planning and transparency and truthfulness with the cast. But otherwise, if you can do that, yes, I am all for the conditions of the house can be as horrible as possible. The competitions can be as incredibly difficult mentally and physically as possible. The finals can be true endurance sports like they have become longer the better all of that is great the living conditions part of that is the most controversial it's the part that the cast members of this season spoke out about at times the most that's part of the challenge quote unquote the challenge of the challenge again it's called that for a reason i think jordan was one i saw of of a few different ones that talked about like that's what you're signing up for like that it, it is what it is that's a part of the game that's a mental side of the game um, it's not glamorous. The food isn't ideal. You are dealing with a large group of people who you probably have no interest in actually living with and how all of them live in a space in close quarters together. So those complaints about like, you know, the food sucked or everyone was dirty or this house, this warehouse, whatever we were in wasn't that great. None of that really registers with me. That is something that as a longtime fan of this show, I could have told you going in, if anyone, any future rookies on this show, uh, on future seasons of the CBS version, MTV version, any version, want to call me for advice, I've got you covered. I will get you prepared for this show. No problem. Better than anyone who has never played it before can. Guaranteed. Not any better than those who have played it. Maybe try to get a hold of a West first. But if he doesn't take your call, I'm here. The thing that does register with me, having clothing and personal items stolen, likely, undoubtedly, either, I guess, either by production staff or, I guess, if the production staff allowed others to enter the building when, you know, or the security of the building when they were out of the building wasn't secure, either way, that falls on productions. And a lot of the cast have come out and talked about clothing that was stolen, personal items that were stolen, jewelry, money, things of value, absolutely horrible absolutely again people should be fired you should figure that out this is not the first season where we've heard about something like this happening it is inexcusable you cannot have it you cannot have that type of shit be a part of the reputation of your show 
you got to nix that out. You've got to find a way to hold people accountable for that and get rid of those people and not let it happen, which brings me to the final part of this whole long journey of the production, the final how this show is run compared to others, and that is this. The challenge needs a Jeff Probst. Flat out, easy, just easy solve, the easy to say, hard to execute on, hard to find this person and get them in charge. But again, coming back to another thing from Tyson all season long, talking about the comparisons of this show versus his time on Survivor and coming around to his many times pointed out, the difference is Jeff Probst. The difference is that on Survivor, Jeff is the end-all, be-all. It is his baby. It is his passion, his life's work every single season. He is the one in the field hosting. If anything, questions come up, he is answering them. He is the one uh, you know, putting his reputation, his name on the line at all moments. He is running an incredibly well-oiled machine over there. And as a non-survivor diehard, I wasn't fully aware of how much truly Jeff does run every aspect of the show and how incredible of an operation it was and what a different class it was in compared to a challenge or big brother or any of the other reality competition shows. The survivor was in its own class from a how it's run. And it's because they have a, a true showrunner, a true point person, a true person who says, this is my life's work. This is the thing. Literally the only thing I've ever done or will care about is making this show run as great as it can, producing the best results it can. The challenge doesn't have that. Uh, you know, and the challenge doesn't have to get to the survivor standard, if you want to even call it that. Um, but it should strive to be as close to it as possible. It needs someone who cares deeply about it and who associates their reputation with the game being produced. Someone that can we can call, say, the challenge is blank's baby. The challenge is blank's passion. Justin Booth is the longtime executive producer. He sometimes is the showrunner of seasons as he seemed to be on this season. There's other times there is different EPs in the field that are kind of the showrunner of any specific season. We've heard interviews with a few recent ones on the official challenge uh, podcast with Anissa and Tori from Spies, Eyes, and Allies and Double Agents. I think some of them have popped up on Challenge Mania's podcast as well. But the challenge needs someone like that. Uh, someone that can bring that can bring everything together, that can take the responsibility, that can take the ownership of, no, 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 we, we need to tighten some things up. We need to be clear. We need to have the rules written out. We don't just need to have the plan of we're going to do this on this day and this on this day, and you your team make sure this is built, your team make sure Hall Brawl is built on this day, but someone who is with each one of those going all the way down to the nitty-gritty, the details of these are the exact rules we're playing by. We're building this daily challenge out. You come to me. Let's finalize it. Let's get every single possible thing. Think through all the scenarios. Let's, let's just have it tighten up because... I stand by that this is the coolest, another thing that Wes loves to say of many others. There are a lot of them out there that say it. This is the coolest game that's ever been invented. This is the most interesting, crazy experience that's ever been invented. I, I, I would do anything to be on this show one day as would almost every one of you listening, I'm sure, as almost everyone that's watched this show for 20 four years in a row at this point and you know 41 plus seasons of the show across different franchises 
It's amazing. It has all the potential. When it's at its best, there is nothing else like it. But when it's not operating at its fullest capacity, it falls down very, very quickly. It you know stubs its own toe very, very easily, and it has such easily fixable things. So in conclusion, my hat's off to everyone on the production team. I know I've Spent this podcast and many podcasts this season talking some shit. I did a whole segment of 10 takes about talking shit about production over the years on a recent podcast. I know we come down hard on all of the folks that are working their asses off to give us this show that we all love, and I appreciate all of that work that goes into doing this. I know how incredibly difficult it must be, but at the same time, well, I appreciate giving us this wonderful, beautiful show that I love so dearly. There's such glaringly obvious ways to make it the best version of itself consistently season after season, and this is another season where it seems we didn't hit the full potential that was there being offered by the cast, the game put forward, everything. We didn't reach it, and a lot of that had to do with just some obvious, easy, fixable weaknesses. Now, if we turn to actual, you know, storylines from inside the game that we saw take place, the show that we saw take place, let's just run through uh, kind of the list of the biggest, you know, most dominant storylines this season had to offer and kind of grade them out one by one real quick, uh, kind of rapid fire succession because... As we'll get to at the end of this rapid fire, there was some dominant, you know, storylines that went half the season, the third of the season, almost the whole season in some cases, but none of them really, really totally dominated. Some of them were good. Some were bad. Some reached their potential. Some didn't. Let's just run through them rapid fire and give them each a grade. The first one, Tyson and Angela as front runners. Tyson and Angela were front runners from episode one. They win the first daily. They each win, you know, three of the first five or whatever it was. They become the front runners. They are the ones to beat all season. I give that storyline a B to B plus. I love having front runners. I prefer a season where someone is the clear favorite, establishes themselves as the clear favorite early on. That's really fun. And I'll almost always like when those people make it to the final and then they don't win. That's kind of the best case scenario that you've got this front runner going all the way, going all the way. People take shots, they miss, they get to the final. Oh my God, these are just going to wire to wire, win this and then no, they don't win. Except on the end of this one, I I did leave feeling a little bit kind of like I almost wanted Tyson and Angela to go wire to wire and get the win. So that one a B B plus. Then we've got kind of offshoots of Tyson and Angela being the front runners and kind of the the main focal points of the rest of the cast. Tyson versus Sarah and Ben. That gets a B minus from me. It had so much potential. It just never really panned out into anything great. There were a couple interesting moments. There were a couple fun moments. That awkward, icy conversation and hug between Tyson and Sarah. Are we good? The Are Sarah and Ben best friends? Do they not talk? Are they best friends again? Some of that was really, really good. It just doesn't fully pan out. All the potential was there. It doesn't really rise to where it could. They eventually all are in the final, and you know, no one really takes. There's only one shot taken between any of them. A B minus. Angela and Alyssa versus the other women. That gets a B plus. That did have multiple moments of payoff. That had Angela and Alyssa getting one over on the Fab Five, but then the Fab Five are really the Fab Three plus Dom inexplicably out of nowhere getting their revenge and getting Angela and Alyssa in the final elimination versus each other to send one home. So that had some good payoff. That was, you know, a three to four episode run there, the back half of the season, the real main strategic storyline, and that had some good payoffs. I give that a B plus. 
Leo as a cat, Leo in general, Leo the cat guy. We had a three to four episode run where it was all just about Leo, Leo, Leo. That's an A+. Loved every single thing about it. Loved everything Leo did on this show. Off the show, the interview circuit, maybe a little less. Wouldn't give that quite an A+. He was really going for it, really firing off the opinions and the takes. Uh, and while you know, part of me agrees with parts of what he's saying, obviously, if you just listen to the last 15-plus minute monologue about production issues, but... Uh, didn't love, didn't love the, his approach necessarily to it the way I appreciated someone like a Tyson's approach to his criticism of the show. But on the show, Leo the cat, Leo Leonidas, the the challenge professor, the all the the king of Argentina, uh, telling TJ he looked fly as fuck. All of it, Leo a plus for his storyline. Big Brother 23 gets decimated. The storyline they didn't run with, which is why I give it a C plus because I'm kind of saying it when we never really actually got it, but it did happen. This happened. They didn't really make mention of it. Six people came from Big Brother 23. Six people from Big Brother 23 did not make the final. I feel like that should have been more of a story. They had the obvious advantage coming in from an alliance standpoint if they could put their past behind them and work together. It started the season whole started as show alliances for at least a brief moment until very quickly Angela and Tyson came up with the money alliance. That changed things, but I feel like they could have ran with a watch Big Brother 23 fall apart before your eyes over the course of the show. Six for six, end up gone before the final. A C plus, they didn't really go for it. I'm just telling you about it now. And then the last one is the reason why we're doing rapid fire through all these storylines. And the only big storylines we talked about were, you know, things like the production and on a high level, did it work? And that's because there was kind of a run of four or five episodes, the meat of the season there in the middle where it was just two new stars every episode that were then the two people who would go home. So I give this one a C plus because there was all this potential. There's Tiffany in episode two, James in episode three, Shan and Xavier episode four, Cinco and Aza in episode five, Derek and Shannon in episode six, two, three, four, five, six, all five episodes in a row where it's like one by one, we get some really good stuff from these folks and we do so realizing they're about to go on elimination and go home, aren't they? Yep, and no real storyline can develop with them, but they were really fun for that one episode or a Shannon and a James, you know, kind of really fun a couple episodes, really fun in the first episode, then we don't see them again until the episode where they're going home. Not a real big storyline can develop, but there was a lot of potential, a lot um, a lot of potential within within a lot of these cast members that gave us really good one episodes. Hey, I'm just going to let you know on my way out that I could be really, really entertaining and maybe I should come back, which leads me to the final thing we are going to talk about on the storyline front, and that is this. Do I want you back or do I not want you back? We, of course, you know, we're going to hand out an MVP later, but we're, you know, and we're going to do all of our awards here in just a moment, which is going to give us a chance to talk about a lot more from this season and call out a lot more awesome performances from different people in different aspects of the show and game. But just in case someone doesn't get mentioned before now or after now, we're going to make sure everyone gets mentioned right now. And we're going to do so by saying, do we want them back? Or do we not want them back? It's a simple yes, no. There's no wishy-washy about it. Yes or no. I have not thought through this ahead of time. I've just pulled up the list. We're looking at every name one at a time, doing this off the top of the head. Quick reactions here. Let's go with the women first. We will start uh, We'll start from the bottom, the ones that went home first. Sally, nope, don't need you back. 
result of you were gone on the first episode, don't know anything about you, forgot your name even for a second until I just now saw it on this list. Don't need Sally back. Tiffany, yes, Tiffany should get another shot at the show if she wants. I think, you know, having not watched Big Brother 23, I got plenty of her in her brief uh, appearance this season to know that she would be a wonderful member of a challenge house from the strategy, political, social standpoint. Tiffany, yes. Tasha, that's going to be a no for me. Shan, that's going to be a yes for me. I, I need Shan back. I was happy to have Shan on this season. Having watched her season of Survivor, I think she's really good and really entertaining on these shows and a very interesting personality to put in these situations. Shan is a yes. Aza, I'm going to go with no. Uh, mostly this is because I have a feeling I'm going to get a string of yeses coming up here, and I don't want to say yes to like 90% of these people because that's just not realistic for who could come back. So Aza, in a really fun time, really fun five-episode run, but I don't think this is the exact show for her. Shannon, yes to Shannon. Absolutely bring Shannon back onto the challenge. Bring Shannon over to the MTV version. Kira, I'm going to go with yes. I think we didn't get to see the full potential of Kira in a challenge house, both performance side, sports side, and show side. Bring her back. Cache, a resounding yes for Cache. Absolutely crushed it this season. Was one of the biggest, brightest you know, personalities that was able to give in a not that many moments, but when she got moments to shine, shown she did. Cache, absolute yes. Alyssa, another yes. Absolute yes. Bring Alyssa back. Desi, can't say yes louder. Bring her back. Put her directly in the final. No problem there. Angela, of course, yes. Justine, Kayla, I lean towards no. And I say that respecting the contributions they made and that they made it all to the end, but mostly because I've said yes to so many people already on the women's side that I've got to go with, uh, I'm going to go yes, Justine, no for Kayla. I did. I think Justine was really awesome and, you know, obviously kicked ass, daily wins, elimination wins, uh, was just, was great all around. So I've, I can't, I can't say no to Justine. I might have too many yeses, but I've got to add one more. Justine, no on the Kayla side. And then Sarah, yes, she won. She was a fascinating character all season long. Got to have her back. Let's move to the men's side. Uh, then, Giovanni, starting from the bottom again. Giovanni, uh, couldn't care. Uh, nope, that's a no. No for me. Cashel, also going to be a no. I had I had some hopes for him. I, I think there was a glimmer of potential there, but out episode two, and because I think I'm going to end up having, a again, another yes, too many yeses problem. No for Cashel. James, resounding yes. James was amazing in his three episodes. Bring James back, absolutely. Xavier, another yes. I think he was one of the ones when we talked, this show didn't get the right mix of athletes. That was more on the male side. A lot of the athletes go out early. Xavier seems just tailor-made for this show. So X, as I learned briefly by the finally, we finally got some interaction with him and learned that he, you know, most is mostly referred to as X. X needs to come back. Cinco, resounding yes, absolutely. Didn't get a fair shake of it at all. Got to give Cinco another shot. Derek. Also a yes, really enjoyed everything from him, and by proxy of the fact that he seems to be CBS's golden child, allowed to do all the shows or opportunity to do all the shows, uh, probably for a good reason because he's really good and entertaining at them, and that probably means maybe he will get a shot at this, but either way, yes for Derek. Absolute yes for Kylan. Number one draft pick out of this, the men's side of this to do more seasons is Kylan for sure. Leo, um, it's going to be a no, given all those interviews that he did, as far as from production standpoint. From my standpoint, it would be a yes, bring him back on the show, but I'm pretty sure he burned all those bridges in a fiery rage on that interview circuit. David, I want to say no, but 
I'm seeing how hard David's working on the fitness side, the absolute monster he's becoming in the gym, and that makes me who I, I really enjoyed the, the moments we got with David this season. I'm going to say yes for David. Ben, that's a no. Enzo, I can't believe I was not going to say his name, but now I just did. But either way, it's the, the hardest no of the whole of all of them is Enzo is a no. Tyson is a yes. He's not going to do it, but it's a, a resounding yes. Him and Kylan, definitely top picks. Dom, that's a no. I really enjoyed my one season with Dom, but uh, it's just not it's just not the ideal game for him. But I'm really glad we got him for one season. He is a great, wonderful entertainer. Love Dom, but it's going to be a no. And then Danny, of course, obviously, absolutely a yes. Bring Danny back as many times as Danny wants to play this game. Bring Kiki in if he wants. If you want to do a little ride or dies too uh, down the line, bring Kiki in. Bring Danny back. A resounding yes for him. Time to do some awards. Let's kick things off. We've got three sport half of the show related awards. Best daily challenge, best elimination, best athletic performance. What's run through them now? Best daily challenge. General commentary on the daily challenges. I thought they had a really good, solid group of daily challenges with none that were like absolute standout, unbelievable, amazing. But also I don't think there was a single one that was anywhere near like a dud that didn't work. The only one that even come close to saying with that is the soap, the one where you had to run up and down the, uh, you know, the, the floaty, the floaty road, um, on the back of the boat with the soap on it because of the whole, like they didn't incentivize properly to actually be sprayed or make that as hard as it should have been. That's the only one that I'm like, you know, you kind of botched part of it, but it was still a good one. It was still an interesting one and one I would have liked to do myself. So a very just solid, consistently solid group of daily challenges across the board. As for the best of the season, four nominees, episode two's yeah, boy, yeah, buoy. However you want to say it, the, the, the puns that they made TJ say this season. Oh my gosh, that could have been its own storyline. Just TJ, I feel for you, brother. I know, I know, as you said multiple times, as you had to make it known, you didn't write those horrible puns, but a lot of them made it into this, uh, this, uh, nomination for best daily challenge episode two's yeah, buoy. The spinning tires with letters on them. You got to bring the letters down, make the maximum amount of words. I love this combination of physical and mental. I love the dexterity to be able to let, as you know, Tyson and Justine who win this do of like, hey, one of us is good with the words. One of us can climb up and down over and over and over. Each do their own kind of thing. Be able to split up and have strategy go into it. Love that. And just in general, a really fun way to get them falling from over top of the water. Love, love, love everything about that. Episode four is falling off the knowledge another just wonderful horrible pun uh this is the trivia challenge and it was a very good trivia challenge not amazing not great but it was the trivia with the multiple answers to every question which is my preferred type of questions within trivia so of course it's trivia it's good it's fun tj has a blast as of course he was does because it's tj and trivia so that one gets nominated as well third nominee episode nine collect four they're in the big football stadium they're running up and down the stairs they're playing connect four but with the ability to fuck people over, we get Sarah yelling for everyone to to help her and stop Angela and Alyssa. We get lots of strategy that's going in there. We get very important wins for Desi and Danny in that moment, consequential wins for the strategy and the who goes where in the game. So all in all, amazing stuff there on Collect 4. And then Episode 10, Code Crossing, the pegboard on the side of a semi-truck, I think is one a very cool, amazing design for they obviously are going to get them semi-trucks involved. 
They, you know, sometimes it just seems a little pointless. This one, I actually really, really liked what they came up with, how they incorporated the truck. Pegboards are really hard. The strategy of it, the physical mental com combination, the fact that Angel is the only one that gets it done, everything about it really good. But of those four, I'm going with Collect Four, episode nine, I think, all in all from a competition standpoint, from the challenge itself, just actually being cool and interesting, from the strategy at play, the consequences that were at play, the 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 moments we got out of it, the quotes we got out of it, every single part of it, it had it all. That is the best daily challenge of the season. As for eliminations, quick commentary there. They whiffed on Hall Brawl Balls in and pull wrestle. It happens. It's just, it is what it is, as we always like to say. They do not rig which eliminations are for which people. They have that planned in advance, and they almost always stick to it. I did have to eat my words recently on the Islands rewatch when I admitted they obviously picked the episode where they were going to do the three-way pole wrestle when they got a three-guy matchup. So I ate my words. I think there's one instance, definitely one instance in the history of the show where they chose specifically when they were going to do a specific elimination. It didn't have the, the level of production back then, the level of equipment needed to come in that all of these ones do now. But when you, when you totally whiff, when you have a hall brawl balls in pole wrestle in a season and they all totally whiff as far as the matchups, are they entertaining, are they interesting, are they good? These ones were not. Uh, you know, it happens. It sucks. It's a part, it's a really, it's not a make or break of the season, but it definitely is a thing that can really, really elevate a season or really, really hold a season back is because you put these three headbanger classic eliminations in. And if you get three great matchups and they're all awesome, your season is elevated in a big, big way. And if they all kind of whiff like this one did, it really drops things down. But there were three eliminations that deserve to be nominated for the best of the season. The first one, episode one, not so fast, the greatest game in the history of the challenge. I will stand by that forever. It's just so good. And this was a pretty good version of it. Kylan and Aza beat Sally and Giovanni. Aza loses her lash. Uh, you know, it is the best game that they play of any of the elimination games. Kylan puts on a great performance, which we'll mention in a moment again, but it's a good one. Number two nominee, Plug and Play, episode three. Dom and Cache beat James and Tasha. Dom doesn't plug the hole, but gets away with it by mere seconds as Cache finishes just in the nick of time. It's definitely our closest, second closest race. Uh, that tire one where TJ flips out at the end of how close it is is probably the closest, but this one, you know, heart pounding. A real bummer for because we had Cache on one side, James on the other, both been incredible personalities. We were going to lose one, uh, an inventive game that they came up with, the whole thing. Very good. The third and final nominee, which is also the winner of the award, those got to be episode seven's Ball and Chain. Alyssa and Leo beat Kira and Kyland. And uh, it's the physical trivia game. They brought trivia into the world of eliminations. Loved that. Loved the setup of the physical nature of the game mixed with having to get the trivia questions right, mixed with the ability to go back and correct at the end, which led to some drama at the end in a close, tense race. Alyssa and Leo, big underdogs in it because of their height disadvantage and the obvious strength advantage that a, Ky uh, that a Kyland had and Akira even seemed Kyland. Kira, I apologize. I'm even now still this long later. Uh, it's been a few weeks since I had to say your name. So I apologize to you for that, but seem to have the strength advantage. Alyssa Leo pull off the upset. That one, it had it all, had trivia in an elimination. It was great. Ball and chain, the best elimination. And the third and final award then on the sport front, the best athletic performance of the season. 
in chronological order here, we've got five nominees. Kyland, episode one, not so fast. Shout out to Aza, not stopping, working her butt off, but that was Kyland absolutely going to work and taking that over and dominating a game that is the best game in show history and that he clearly knew about and thought about a little bit before he found himself in it, playing it. Shout out to him. That's their first nominee. Second one and third one, both go to Tyson. Second episode, Tyson, yeah, Bowie. He goes so many more rounds than anyone else. I think he said he went six, seven times, swimming out, climbing up, jumping on, five letters, jump down, swim in, hand the letters off, do it again, over and over and over, giving Justine way more words to work, or letters to work with than anyone else, helping them produce way more words than anyone else, getting that win. TJ's commenting on it. He's hiding the fact that he's even tired. Everyone else is commenting on it, the whole thing, amazing. Then episode five, Tyson, again, barreled treasure, he and Cache, he pushes slash pulls Cache through the water at large parts. Shout out to Cache, obviously putting in work, not giving up, you know, keeping her head and heart into it, even when it's a swimming challenge that maybe she's not super jazzed about. But Tyson, you know, he pushes her, he pulls her. They end up doing an extra lap. They still win the whole thing. It's amazing. It shows his swimming prowess, his athletic prowess. It gets nominated. Fourth nominee, we just talked about it, Alyssa, Leo, Ball, and Chained. The upset victory, a lot of effort for those two shorter people going into a match where height mattered, where strength mattered, pulling out that victory. And then the fifth and final nominee, Angela, in episode 10, Code Crossing, the only person to finish the peg wall on the side of the semi-truck. No one else really even more than halfway, two-thirds at best. Maybe you could say Ben got to, but really about halfway. So, Absolutely crushes it. Deserved praise afterwards from TJ. But the best athletic performance of the season has to go to the best performer of the season, not just for a single performance, which he deserves, but also for all of the performances all season long. That would be Tyson. Now we move to the show side of things, and we've got three more awards to hand out. We've got the best quote, we've got the iconic moment, and we've got the season MVP. Let's get to it with the quotes first. We've got a bunch of nominees. It was a fairly decent to good season as far as the confessionals, the quote, the wit was considered. We start in chronological order with Tyson. Episode one literally almost starts the whole thing off talking about winning a million dollars on Survivor. It's an outdoor, but indoor. I'm Tyson. You know me from Survivor. I've never felt closer to God than getting handed a million dollar check from a large corporation for lying and cheating on national television. I've always been aware of the challenge. My dream here is to win every single challenge all the way to the end. Just incredible stuff. Literally starting the season with it. He ends the season with more of it. He has a bunch of it throughout Tyson will be mentioned at the end of this one way or the other. Second nominee, Dom, episode three. He gets into that plug and play elimination. He wins. He doesn't plug his hole, but he still wins. So he wants to let you know afterwards what his plans are. If I would have lost because of a silly mistake, I don't know how I would have been able to go home. So thank God Cash got this done. Now it's time to see what the algorithm has to say. Angela and Kyland, I'm getting my revenge. And in the future, always remember to plug your hole. 
If only he could have remembered that during the final when he was farting and burping away after that onion. I don't think there was any plug that was going to, what is going to hold any of that gas in his or any of their bodies after that eating during the final. Third nominee, TJ, episode four, doing what TJ does best, having his best time, living his best life. That would be conducting trivia. There are a few things about the challenge that'll never get old, that'll always put a smile on my face, but none of them have the lasting ability that TJ maniacally laughing as he drops someone from trivia has for me. It's just the best every time. TJ, you're just a legend. Then Shannon, also in episode four, also during trivia when finding out that sharks were not one of the top 10 heaviest animals in the world, she was confused and had this to say. I just don't understand. Great white sharks are so heavy though. Can you pick one up? One of many that was just gone too early this season. She was bringing a lot. I want her back. Uh, Amazing stuff in the confessional booth. Repeatedly, there's a couple different entries that she could have had for this award. This one, though, makes it into the nominees list. Then we got Tyson again, episode nine. He wants to make sure that at all times, his preferred rooms to be in are the ones where he is the richest. That's why I only go to. Let's get it done. Good luck. I would love to win this to keep Angela safe, Alyssa safe. Enzo surpassed me on the money list. I don't like that feeling very much. I like to be the richest one in the room everywhere I go. That's why I only go to cheap restaurants. And then I said I wouldn't say his name because I'm still real upset about what went down in that final, but I can't say that it isn't one of the best quotes of the season. So Enzo, episode 10, these men ain't so tough. What are they, Enzo? He's getting manipulated. It is what it is. He's getting played out. It, it is what it is. All these guys are big, bad, and tough, but when it comes down to it, um, they're, they're soft like a Twinkie filling in the middle. So it is what it is. Why does Angela want to put me in now? Ultimately, I shouldn't be as bitter at Enzo. I should be equally bitter at him and production for not just saying, you know what, Desi, you can keep going. Because they should have let her keep going, and you should have swam to shore, Enzo. Then we've got a bulk nominee. We've got Danny. Anytime he mentions Kiki, all of them could be nominated. They're all great. It was obviously as big of a storyline and a bit running through the entire season. So here's just a sampling. I'm ecstatic. I don't have to worry about anybody else. If I lose this on me, if Kiki was here, she would tell me, ain't nothing more important than the moolah. Go get your money, baby. In regular life, I am a very good driver. I drive my wife Kiki around everywhere because she is the opposite. She's a horrible driver. So she would know that I am probably the best driver on the road. I'm playing for my wife Kiki, and right now I'm thinking of the time that we went to Jamaica and we jumped off the cliff, and she did it, so I had to do it. Shout out to you, Kiki, for taking me to Jamaica to make sure that I was prepared for the challenge. Now, out of all of those, if only one can win, 
I've got to give the award to Danny and Kiki. Are you kidding me? This award goes to Kiki. Danny, you, Danny's won some other things on this show, including the actual show itself. So this is a joint award to Danny and Kiki. I stand by what I said to open this, this very podcast. Literally almost the first words out of my mouth before we even played the intro music is that we can end the bit. We don't have to call him Kiki's husband anymore. It was really fun while it went. But he's a challenge champion now. He gets to just be Danny and she gets to be Kiki and they both get to be absolutely wonderful and they both get to share the award for the quote of the season every time that she is mentioned by he during those uh, those production interviews. As for, we said it last week, we spoiled it last week, but we'll say it again here in the proper spot. The Dan Renzi Award for the Confessional King or Queen of the Season goes to, drumroll... Tyson. I don't know why I had a drum roll. I literally said this last week. I previewed it and spoiled it completely, but Tyson is the Dan Renzi award winner. He has the best overall confessionals of the season. Danny and Kiki joint award for the best quote of the season. As for the iconic moment of the season, again, the best, the most infamous, the most memorable, all that rolled up into one iconic award, iconic moment award. What's it going to be? Five nominees we came up with, and this is where the show will discuss it one more final time when we do the season grade in a moment, but there isn't a true, true standout. I'll always remember this moment. There, there isn't the true standout. If I, if someone says challenge USA immediately without hesitation, no matter what I'm going to this moment, this image in my head, but there's still some amazing moments, some great stuff. Five that get nominated for the award chronologically here. Episode seven, Leo's entire second elimination. Thank you, sir. Jump. They think my head's not in this right now, but little did they know, every time I'm in the arena, I have a game plan ready to go. So everyone take notes and learn because you might be on the challenge one day and you might be looking up to Professor Leo and seeing what he did. What's up? What's up? Elimination King, bro. That That entire moment, the elongated moment elimination for Leo was awesome. Loved it. Uh, It is one of my favorite of the season. Then we got episode eight, Ben winning the daily challenge on the anniversary of his friend's death, getting that backstory, and then the toast that he gives at the bar. Blake and I worked in teams of twos over in Iraq, and I lost him and held him in his arms while he passed, and that's why today was such a hard day and special day. And here's to making Blake proud. So thank you all for being here and celebrating. Cheers to Blake. Blake. Cheers to Blake. Congratulations. Congratulations. Let's party. It's really neat to see everybody honor Blake because he was a hero. He was my hero. And I think about him every day, even more on days like today. And for everyone to pay him respect on on this day means the world to me, even more than winning this challenge. Today was the day to do it. Right. So, I'm happy. I couldn't be happier for him and you. That was definitely, you know, the most pulling at your heartstrings, sentimental moment of the season, and it hit really hard, uh, I thought, and they did a really lovely job with it, and it was really wonderful that he did win on that day, got to give that toast, and that everyone there, uh, you know, the cast, even, you know, those who weren't maybe as friendly or haven't had a good as good of a time with Ben, the whole season all rallied around him for that day and night and to celebrate the life of a friend that he lost and, uh, you know, a hero for us in this country. That was really, really wonderful and really, really loved all of that. Then we got episode nine, Sarah pleading with anyone and everyone to help her during Collect Four. 
just incredible that all everything about it be her walking around yelling that they got so much of it on camera um that we could had confirmed afterwards there was even more of it the fact that she was right the whole time is is you know as much as you want to be like man look at her just asking for help and no one's helping her she's totally right the whole time what her alliance of five or whatever is just totally blows it and she's the only one with maybe kayla here and there who's trying to do anything about it so everything about that's great um yeah just love Love that moment. Uh, loved everything about the, the the shit talking that was going on. Alyssa, when they catch Alyssa, go around the corner as she passes Sarah. But then we get the caption, and we can kind of hear her say like, "Shouldn't have done that" or whatever. All, all of it, all of it, all of it, all of it. Very, very good. Episode ten. Angela winning code crossing and the lathering of praise that TJ lays on thick immediately after just the moment we get the kind of confessional with her talking about, you know, always being an individual athlete, proving herself right as she's going up top. Desi tells her, you know, amazing job. Then they cut right to the results being read from TJ and him just laying on the praise thick, deservedly so. All right, great challenge today, everyone. Good job. I was talking to Angela. (laughs) Angela. Dominating performance, completely killing everyone. Congratulations. You're the only one that pops smoke. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. The effort that you gave was second to none. Congratulations. You are the winner. That moment stands out very much as a nominee. And then the fifth and final one, episode 12, Danny calling Kiki to tell her that he won and, you know, him winning in general that entire moment but specifically him we us getting to see him call her facetime her hey man guess what i won the challenge <laughs> ah zoe what you laughing at i know it's exciting huh <laughs> i can call myself a challenge champ and nobody can take that away from me and that means so much to me and getting to have you know Kiki for the second time in that episode, uh, but the first episode of the season where we get to see her, we get to see their daughter uh, live. We'd heard so much about him all season long. Danny calling Kiki absolutely just brings the biggest smile to all of our faces. I definitely mine. I would bet all of us. I can't find. I can't. Wouldn't believe if anyone told me they didn't like Danny and they didn't like Kiki or they didn't like that he won. Um, I'd be hard pressed to find anyone that disapproves of Danny. He's amazing. He's wonderful, and he wins the award for the moment of the season. Because if you asked me to think back to this season, the first thing I might think of is maybe. Tyson and Angela's dominance um, in some way, but that wouldn't be a specific moment that I would necessarily think of. I think the first moment that would come to mind is Danny calling Kiki to say that he won and that entire bit that production got him to do by continually asking him about Kiki, by playing every interview where he mentioned her. That was, you know, a, a big thing all season long. That's the best moment of the season, which brings us to the biggest of the awards the most prestigious of the awards, that would be the episode, the episode, cheese. what, it's been a long podcast, it's been a long season, the season MVP, this long, wonderful season's MVP, let's run through it, couple quick shout outs, gone too soon, goes to James, Kylan, and Shannon, all three, great runs, they were putting up MVP caliber, ballot caliber performances, they just left much too soon to actually get considered on the final ballot. Shout out for being great additions to the show. You didn't come 
you know, you didn't make the ballot, but just shout out for being awesome, being wonderful, and really enjoying you on the show. Cache, Justine, Leo, Alyssa, and Desi, all five of them brought it, loved everything they were doing. They didn't always get as much screen time to show off the personalities as much or to be as, you know, big a part of a lot of the storylines that would help you maybe get onto that MVP ballot, but uh, all wonderful, wonderful additions to the show. Shout out to them. Now, to the top five, the fourth runner up on the Challenge USA's MVP ballot is TJ Lavin. Of course, TJ makes the list, not just because he was the only standard, uh, you know, the only, the only, the only constant we had coming into the season was like, we know who TJ is, and TJ's here, so it's a real challenge. We might not know who any of these people are, but that's okay because TJ's here. That almost would have got him on the the list alone. But then TJ puts up an incredible performance. We had some questions early on. He was lathering on a lot of praise for some performances that maybe didn't deserve it. He was maybe handing out too many, you killed it, all of you killed it, those types of things. But he had a lot of fun with the algorithm. He had a lot of fun in off-the-cuff commentary, whether it was, you know, telling Enzo, don't worry, we had a swing, but I I made him remove it just because I knew you would be in here. He did that, stuff like that, three or four times in the season. He was actively talking to people during the daily challenges more than I feel like I've ever really seen him do, whether it's commenting on, you know, Tyson during the, the, the daily challenge we spoke about before or any other number of ones where, you know, he's ribbing people, he's, he's giving it to Angela after she eliminates Alyssa. Like, you did that. It's your fault. She's not here. Everything about it, great, great, great. He did a wonderful performance and made all of us challenge-only fans, or now, you know, I'm not quite only just a challenge fan anymore, but you know what I'm saying. He made all of us feel comfortable and brought us over into this new world. TJ, fourth runner-up. Third runner-up, Angela, dominant female of the season for sure. Absolutely great. Loved everything about it. Hope, 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 hope. She says yes to doing the global tournament and yes to doing many more seasons of this show in the future. She is our third runner-up. Our second runner-up is Danny. Also Kiki, but Danny. Danny, for sure, absolutely wonderful all season long. Obviously, he gets the win at the end. That is amazing. That does a lot for your MVP candidacy. He has uh, awesome daily challenge win in there. He never has to go in the elimination, but he also has some funny elimination moments of, you know, standing up him and him and Tyson, you know, chatting about what's going on in different eliminations. And I feel like if Danny would have got down there in certain ones, it would have been lights out for some other people. But he, the only, we only got the bar like twice this season. And one of the times was amazing just because Danny was holding court with Desi and they were both having so much fun and loved everything about that. Obviously the Kiki stuff, the calling, the winning, everything. Danny is our second runner up. The runner up second place is Sarah. The other winner of the season, uh, Sarah comes in second here. She is The second half of the season, she's the face of it. I haven't totaled the confessionals before I recorded this, which was maybe a mistake, but I can... I can probably guess that she and Tyson had to have had the most. I feel like there's almost without a doubt Sarah had the most. She was really put front and center about halfway through and remained front and center all the way right up until the end. She had a wild run. All the storylines kind of revolved around her. A lot of the strategy and political stuff in the house really revolved around her. She does get a daily win at the end and use that power uh, to get out, you know, someone she was going against all season long. She has an elimination win or two elimination wins under her belt. She has the whole win. Obviously, that all leads to a second place finish, a first runner up in the MVP because the MVP of the season, the winner 
undoubtedly, I don't feel I you know I don't feel wrong about this at all. I couldn't feel more 100% right. I don't think there is any other possible answer. The MVP of this season, without a doubt, is Tyson, and it's not really close. Tyson made this season in a in a big big way. Without him. Uh, this, this season falls down a peg or two in the grade that we're about to give it because early on, it gave us an immediate star to latch onto a front runner in the game itself to latch onto. Obviously he added a lot to it outside of the show, talking about it, having his own podcast, covering every single episode that, you know, I was a big fan of listening to that might be influencing a little here as well. But when I think of this season, I kind of think of him first and foremost, he carried it. Uh, you know, he came a Sudoku puzzle away from winning in major fashion. And, you know, as we found out, he was maybe got to that puzzle 30, 40 minutes ahead of anyone else. Pretty insane. He proved how great he can be at this type of stuff, how ready made he is for a challenge. One puzzle ruins it. That's what can happen to the, even the best of the best. That's what happens to him in the end. But whether it's being the Dan Renzi award winner for the confessional king of the season running the politics of the house, running the alliances of the house, being the best performer across the board from dailies, never has to go into elimination. I would have kind of loved to see him in one. I think he would have excelled there as well. He excelled at everything right up until the last part of the final. He excelled at being on this show and in this world. And, you know, he he says that it's probably never going to happen again, but we can keep our fingers crossed that maybe, just maybe, we could find a way to uh, to get the production side to make uh, you know the right adjustments and make it clear what different things would be different maybe next time around, and maybe, maybe, maybe we get him back one more time. Let's you know we can only hope. We can only hope. But for this season, so great that we had him. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful MVP through and through. That leaves one final thing on the agenda, which is the full season grade. Now, again, I will say I reserve the right to change this final grade, you know, plus or minus or even a full letter grade in the future, mostly because of the casting grades. I'm still going to break this down. Female cast, male cast, show grade, sport grade, and then your overall grade the way I've done all the seasons while doing the challenge rewatch this whole entire year where we've got 16 of them with a full grade to it. I want to start doing those in the moment four seasons that we watch. And so we're going to do that here, but we reserve the right to change it dramatically, especially with this season on the casting side. When we talk about an all-star season, we can actually lay out a deserved grade for the female and male cast. We have history with these people. We can accurately label heavy hitters, solid contributors, duds. This season, we can kind of say potential. If they all did a bunch of seasons in a row, this is probably where that were similar to the one they just gave us. This is probably where they would fall on a heavy hitter, solid contributor, dud type of category, but we can't be certain. So if a bunch of these people come back and three years later from now, I'm trying to do the greatest seasons of challenge history all time, the final rankings, you know, put every single one in a ranking. This could number this adjust or this could be adjusted in a big, big way. That's what I'm trying to say. Let's just get to it. Why don't we female cast grade going to B plus 
Female cast side, stronger cast than the male cast side. B plus on the female side. If I had to put these people in the regular categories right now after only seeing them one season and having a little knowledge of the other shows they've done, heavy hitters, I would go Sarah, Angela, Desi, Alyssa, Shannon, Tiffany, and Cachet. I think if any of those women did a bunch of these seasons, they would eventually fall into absolutely this heavy hitter category based on what I saw from them. This season, solid contributors, Justine, Kira, Aza, Shan, Kayla, I think they all fall in that they're solid. Uh, if they did five of these seasons, we would always think of them the way we think of anyone else that we would put in the solid contributors, that they are just that. As for Duds, Tasha, and Selly, they're the only ones I didn't really get anything from this season at all, and that that easily could change if they were on other shows. They were out very first and second, so that is what it is. But overall, pretty good female cast, and the ones that uh, it kind of felt like the right ones made it to the end as far as the ones that were you know providing that interest, um, and all the ones I listed as heavy hitters are pretty much the ones, you know, Sarah, Angela, Desi, uh, all make it to the end. Alyssa, Cachet, pretty close, so... Uh, had a lot there. On the male side, B minus. If I had to put them in the categories, heavy hitters, I would put Danny, Tyson, Kylan, Derek, Cinco, and James. I feel pretty good about all of those probably being heavy hitters if they did season after season. Uh, solid contributors, Dom, Ben, David, Leo, and Xavier, Duds, Enzo, Cashel, Giovanni. Again, uh, Cashel, Giovanni, especially out episodes one and two. Maybe that would be different if we got a different season from them. But uh, for now, that's where I'd put everyone on the male side, especially given who makes it to the end. And again, that not great mix of are we trying to do a sports show? Well, you maybe don't have the right people at the end for that to be as interesting as it could be a B minus there. As for the show grade, we're giving the show grade a B minus. The wrong group made it to the end. Uh, making Sarah the star is is okay, is is solid, but it's not the great thing that it could be. There's others that if things go different, I think could have been great, great stars of the season of the back half. It was Sarah, which is still good. Um, it was still interesting and provided some solid stuff. It just wasn't as, you know, great, great stuff. There was damn near zero romance. There was the only real beef at all at any point was Tyson versus Sarah Ben, but that didn't really pan out. As we said before, Angela, Alyssa, I guess, is the other one. that There's some beef, and it does pan out, but it's really not even that big of a beef. Uh, the politicking and the scramble montages were really good this season. At times, they were, like, great. I really, really enjoyed the how they kind of produced and edited down the the politicking that went down in the, the couple different episodes where we really didn't know who was going into elimination, and, you know, we got there. We had, it was a little bit of a surprise, and they backtracked and showed us different conversations. All that was really, really good. Um and when personalities were given room to shine, they did. Tyson, Cachet, Shannon, James, Desi. Uh, but, you know, lots of those either went home early and then, you know, not a lot of personalities getting the opportunities to shine. Like, you know, Cachet shown every single time, but it wasn't a lot of opportunities to, you know, put her on camera and give her the chance. And every time she did, absolutely killed it, but it wasn't a lot going on. Uh, you know, same with a lot of those names we just said now and earlier on. So overall, got to give the show grade a B minus. And then the same on the sport grade side as B minus there as well. The dailies were just, you know, they were solid across the board. But they're also not super close, not super surprise wins, consequential wins, other than maybe one or two, kind of. Um, and so, you know, that the day, if I was just grading the dailies, it would be like kind of right in that middle B to B minus area of like, yeah, solid, nothing great, nothing bad. Elims, as we talked about, they just whiffed on the three big headbangers. The others were solid across the board, but 
you know, you whiff on the three big ones. Uh, that's that's tough. The final has to be factored in here. It definitely takes away from the season. So overall, we got to go with the B minus. There was a lot of solid stuff across the board. I like the design of a lot of the dailies and the eliminations, but ultimately not super close contest over and over. Not always the most consequential or in interesting or surprising wins and adding in that final and the whiffs on the three big headbangers you've got to go b minus which brings us to our overall grade again subject to change almost by a full letter grade either way uh probably not up but certainly could possibly go down on rewatch it's a it's a b minus it's in the low end of tier two or the b tier it's solid there's no real high highs to remember, though, nothing horrible, though, at all either. And absolutely nothing horrible. Nothing I'd even really say is bad other than, you know, the production of the final. Uh, that drags it, you know, none of that. Because it doesn't have anything horrible, doesn't really, really bad, uh, doesn't really drag it anywhere near, you know, our worst seasons of all time. Sexes 1 and 2, Island, Bloodlines, Inferno, or Gauntlet 3, uh, Inferno 3, or Gauntlet 3, as is what I meant to say there, that are, you know, the C pluses and the one C minus that we've had out there. But... You know, I, right now, today, if you to ask me, I would take this season over those by a hair. So that B minus feels right. That's why it's there. It's just a touch above those. It's just into the second range in that solid, because solid, uh, passable, um, you know, moves things forward, moves the franchise, will move the franchise forward as there will be more of these. That gets you into the B category. But again, the cast grades could change a lot pending the future of those casts. This could drop down into that third tier on a rewatch. The rewatch is where the scores really come into focus. The rewatch matters a lot. I've now only seen this once and I saw it live and I was, you know, had a lot of reason to like, was biased towards wanting to like it at every single turn. So this grade will be made more official at a future date when we actually get to do our rewatch the way all of the other season's grades are being made official as we rewatch them later down the line, sometimes for the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth time that I might have seen a season. You really get a full picture of what did we have here? What was the good? What was the bad? What did I miss? What did I not realize was as good or as bad on the first watch? How does it hold up over time? All of that gets factors in. But for now, it gets a B minus. It gets into the tier two, the bottom of the tier two. It, you know, it's above if we're just going off the first 16 seasons that we have officially graded in this same format. It's above one, two, three, four, five of those 16 seasons. Uh, and, you know, I know it's for sure going to be above maybe like a Bloodlines type uh, right now as well. But we shall see if that grade changes. We shall see where the rest of the seasons come because we've got a lot more challenge to cover likely on CBS and on MTV and on Paramount Plus and anywhere and everywhere that the challenge ends up happening. Overall, I appreciate that this season happened. I appreciate that there's a yet another branch of the challenge to watch that this, if they continue all three branches, we should have challenge on our TVs every week for eternity. And I'm all for that. I love that. So final thing to say to the entire cast, every single cast member and every single person on the production team, whether you know we've said some things this pod and others or not, every single one of you, thank you for making this show that we do all love. Even when we criticize certain parts of it, we love it. I love it. I know you listening absolutely love it. So to Danny, Dom, Tyson, Enzo, Ben, David, Leo, Kylan, Derek, Cinco, Xavier, James, Cashel, Giovanni, Sally, Tiffany, Tasha, Shan, Aza, Shannon, Kyra, Kira, Cashe, Alyssa, Desi, Angela, Justine, Kayla, and Sarah, the whole production team, TJ Lavin, 
Justin Booth, everyone. Thank you for giving us this season, for giving us any challenge that you do. Thank you to the cast for putting yourselves out there, putting your lives on camera, competing for all of our entertainment. I loved it. I hope you at home had a good time with it. I hope you've all been watching it and we'll watch the global tournament and future challenge USA seasons. And I thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here with me all season long to recap it episode by episode. And now today, the full season. So with that, we're going to sign off. We will be back again. We're covering the challenge documentary coming up later tonight. We're covering survivor premiering tonight. We've got the Duel 2 recap next Monday. We had the Island recap this week. We've got the Hall of Fame coming up very soon. There's so much content coming your way on this feed. So hit follow, hit subscribe. If you're watching on YouTube, you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or anywhere else, follow, subscribe, rate, and review. Those help us a lot. Get discovered by more and more challenge lovers like yourself. Drop us a five-star if you don't mind. Thank you for being here. We'll talk soon. If you want to chat challenge, if you disagree with anything I've said today, let me know at Challenge Historian on Instagram. DMs are always open. I love you. I thank you. I will talk to you again soon. Until then, peace.